When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to say PSG, it, No, no, no. If PSG don't get to the quarterfinals, we have issues. Big, big, big issues. Neymar's going to be like, I missed my sister's birthday for this. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas Podcast. My name's Daniel. Hey, everyone. It's Carl. It's me. Hello. And this week, we have a guest. We've subbed out one Nigerian for another. Um, our <laughs> friend from the from the Shirtless Plantain show on YouTube, the homie Scams. What's good, man? Yo, what's going on, guys? Thanks so much for having me. I'm really like happy to be here and just talk more football. That's all that we like to do is talk about football, right? That, yeah. yeah, man. Before we start, before we do all our plugs and stuff, tell us about yeah. your YouTube platform and all that. All right, so it actually started like two years ago um, during the World Cup. There's kind of a little bit of a joke between the homies. We're like, yo, let's just like sit in front of the camera and just talk shit. And then people told us like, yo, can you come back in the fall and talk about the leagues? And one thing led to another. Now we're just trying to build this out to something much bigger than we thought it was going to be. So that's really it. It's just like we just try to cover every single league and everything that happens in the sport with just as much fun as possible and just use the most ridiculous like gifts and pictures because – that's all I have on my phone, so might as well just use them on the, use them on the show as well. So, so yeah, um, after this is all done, I'll make sure to put his link uh, to his YouTube channel in the description and in the description of the podcast. So check it out; it's dope content. All right, so follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. Uh, we're on Facebook, kinda Instagram, kinda. Um, <laughs> if if you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on iTunes, subscribe; it's free. Leave us a five-star review and we'll read it on the show. We did get two reviews this week, so I'm sorry, Scams. You're going to have to sit there and listen to people say good things about us. Um, five-star <laughs> oh, yeah. review. Uh, let me land from Daniel Jones Ortega. Hashtag Feb18, underrated podcast. Keep it up. Shout out to the kid. And another one, I think, from the UK. Honest opinions. This is what makes this podcast a great listen. From Half Hope's unique opinions to Carl's inf- insightful rants. Dope podcast all the way around. Daniel's a great host. I think that's what makes the podcast so easy to follow and connect with. A live show would be a cool thing to see. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to more from Skillet Boy 22 So thank you guys for those reviews. They always mean a lot. Um, also, we're on Patreon. So if you want to help the podcast out monetarily, check that out in the link. And, uh, yeah, let's get into this week's show. So let's start at a Manchester. We got two Manchester United fans. So I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to say... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to say, Carl, what did you expect? And was that it? No, I, I did. I just, you know, my approach to Manchester United in big games now is just don't embarrass me. <laughs> Please, God, don't <laughs> embarrass me. Um, and I don't know why I was so surprised, because this is this is exactly the sort of game where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United do well, right? We've known this for a while. United are at their best when they have space on the attacking transition. If you give them that space and if you play with a relatively high line or, or if you try and play a pressing game and you give space for United to get in behind, they can, they can play well. It's against the, low, the lower teams, the smaller teams, where you know they play in a middle block or a low block that United don't do as well. The game wasn't that interesting for about maybe for an hour, I'd say total. Like Manchester United scored off a set piece and a bit of magic from Bruno Fernandes and the last minute because the goalkeeper chucked the ball to Scott Tomine. But they all count. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done a double on Pep Guardiola. He's beaten him three times this season. First time someone's done a double Manchester City since the Fergie years. Martial's the first person to score home and away against City since Cristiano Ronaldo. It's good. Life is good. It was weird. Yeah. That Sunday after the game, I went, I'm really happy. That's all it takes. All it, all it takes for a football team to win and my day is made. It's not that hard. Why has it been so hard for so long for this season for United to just be competent? 
Who knows for United? I mean, it's funny because the day before the game, I told my girlfriend, she's a United fan. I was like, I feel like Scott McTominay is going to be huge for us. And she's like, what's your a weird obsession lately with Scott McTominay? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I used to hate him a lot. And like now it's just like I see like he has a point, like he's he's useful. But like Carl said, like with United, you kind of have to know like this is the, these are the games where Ollie thrives. He loves big games. Like this is where he makes his bread and butter. But against the smaller teams, we just, I don't know. It's like everyone just has just like they have like brain melts. But everyone played well. I mean, like I was really, really impressed with just how the defense was and as a unit. Like Luke Shaw scares me from time to time. But yes, he did well. Brandon Williams did well. Um, Bruno, I don't know. I can't believe he settled in this quickly, this fast. Like, mm-hmm. That's the thing that like impressed me the most is that like he's hit the ground running. Like every game, like he might not be like all that good some games, but he at least has like some places where you like you see like this is why they spent so much money on him. He looks really good. And truth be told, all of the signings that all he's made have not been like they've literally all been like a minimum seven out of ten. All the signings that he's made, so it's looking good. Yeah, it's, it's looking six, good. Six, seven. They've been good. It's a bit too much yeah. money, but they've been good. They've all yeah. improved in positions. Yeah. So I mean, it's exciting to see if we do get top four, what's gonna happen in the summertime because that means possibly getting Sanchez. So we'll see what happens. But it's it's good times right now, you know, as the United fan, because everyone is kind of light. Like even Matic is not even hated. Like everyone is kind of loved. Yeah. Matic is playing good football. It's yeah. that's the Fred, the revival of Fred. I've said for ages, Fred will come good if you yeah. just gave him a competent midfield and a very clear, defined role. And lo and behold, Fred is just the shuttler. Yeah. And it works. And, and the scariest thing is that Pogba's back in training. So it's like good luck and God bless everybody else. So it's gonna um, be a, a nice closing run. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. I'm not gonna get carried away. Uh, my friend Adam Crafton at the FX says, "Don't take Manchester United seriously until they win three games in a row." And they still haven't done it yet. So, yeah. <laughs> respect, respect, respect. Where are you guys at with Ali at this point? Because it did seem for a while, like particular Manchester United fans were like praying, "Let us just lose four in a row, get this guy out, and then let's start our rebuild from there." But now it's like good times. So, are, are you guys? Let's give him money in the summer and let's nope. do this again next season, or? I mean, for me, the hope, the hope of romantic in me really wants like, and this is just me being a United fan since I was like four and like understanding everything. Like I want, if ideally Ollie's going to be the one and take us to the next level. I don't feel like tactically he's sharp enough to be that manager, but what he does well, his man management is really on point. You can tell like the players would love to die for him. Like you can see that like in just their approach and, He's not going anywhere. I feel like United fans kind of need to take that leg on it. Like, he's not leaving the summertime, whether you like it or not. Like, he's bought himself enough time to, like, have another, like, season or two. So, he's not going anywhere. I think that's the thing. I think when they made him the opponent manager, I said it before, they gave him a three-year contract because the job isn't to make Oli, to, to make Manchester United uh, a title challenger. The job is for Oli to make it so the next person in charge can have him challenge for a title. And... There are parts of that team that are good. They, they play really good counter-attacking football. Oli very clearly is relatively skilled at coaching a, a front line. I, I don't know if he's improved or if it's Mike Phelan who's improving it, but they attack pretty well. They attack better than they did on Mourinho. They seem, when I watched Manchester United move forward and try and score a goal, I'm like, oh, I see what's going on. Things have obviously got a lot better because you've got Bruno, who's a player who wants to pass the ball forward. I'm not convinced by some of the, you know, Dan James... Is fast, but that's about it. But uh, they they got some they got some franchise players there, which I enjoy. Solskjaer's job he's he's de weeding and decluttering and, and trying to get United to an even kill or like a point zero. So when the you know when Klopp is like, all right, I'm a bit bored of Liverpool now, or, or when City and have their weird what happens to City and those two powers drop down a bit, United can have a go for it. It's just right now, just continuing just on the results that we've had. I mean, we have a pretty much easy schedule for the rest of the year. So it's just like, can they get top four? I mean, it, it's doable, but it's, can you just be serious for once in your life? And yeah. yeah. If it's United have been Everton, I'd be truly getting shameless. But that draw is just, it's yeah, kept me on the right now. Juan Bissaka was fantastic on Sunday, I, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. I mean, I didn't think he'd settle in quickly also. Like, I thought it would take him a little bit because, you know, coming from Crystal Palace, like, you play, what, probably like a 18 months of first-team football and then you get a move to United and he's doing well. So, good for him. And then, um, oh, last thing I want to say about it is just, like, one of the things that, I, that I'm excited about is just to see Pogba back. I'm, like, I just generally just miss him playing football. Like, that, that's really what I miss right now. But more than Rashford, like, I do miss Rashford. I miss Pogba playing so much. What's the general sentiment, would you two say, 
with United fans and Paul Pogba? Is it, yeah, he's coming back, or is it more like, get the hell it out de- of here? It depends on what United fan you ask. And if you know if you know what I mean, you know what I mean, and that's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> that's all I'm we, saying on that. We go there. I mean, if, if you want to say it, we, we do go there. We tend to go there. So. There's a um, cultural difference in who likes Pogba and who doesn't like Pogba. That's the politically correct way I'm going to say I'm going to say yeah. I said this before. Paul Pogba's serving at his notice, right? Yeah. Paul Pogba's going to do what's best for Paul Pogba. And mm-hmm. what's best for Paul Pogba stopped being Manchester United a while ago. Maybe Bruno's changed things. Maybe Pogba, after watching that Derby game, has gone, hang on. There might be something here worth my mm-hmm. while. Especially now that both Juventus and Real Madrid have been like, mm, we can't really afford you. Mm-hmm. So I think what, what happens in the summer is a lot more dependent on what Juventus and Real Madrid can do because if either of those teams can afford the 100 million or 80 million or 90 million that Manchester United want then he'll go if they can't then I think Pogba I mean he's professional enough to just see out the rest of his contract he's got regardless of whether or not titles and whatnot United are going to give him enough platform to to remain one of the biggest players in the world in terms of off the field so it's a bizarre marriage of convenience at this point I love Pogba to stay and then to be a franchise player and help turn matches United around. I've stopped believing what's going to happen since August of this season, even. To Scams' point, you guys know the Martin Luther King Jr. speech where it's like two Americas? Yep. Yeah. So there's two Uniteds. At I least. mean, there's a, there's a lot of Uniteds, but yeah. In this situation, <laughs> there's, there's two. Yeah. There's, there's two Uniteds. Because I mean, like yesterday, for example, like Ryan Tunnicliffe, who used to play with Pogba in the Academy, some guys was like, yeah, I don't know where he's going to fit. And Tunnicliffe's like, you clearly don't know football. And it's true. It's just like, if you know football well enough, like if you play at a certain level, you understand like Pogba is really good. And yep. obviously like he's frustrating, but like you have to understand that a player like him wants to move the ball forward. And when your team isn't doing that, well, you're going to get frustrated. Like it, it is what it is. But now he's got Bruno in the team and Fred's improved. You might see a different him. So we'll see how that goes. Martial FC, this is still a thing. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course. Card Never. carry. Like, Card carry listen, remember. The kid scored on his debut against Liverpool at the Stratford and I'm never going to not believe in him ever. Like, it's like I'm never not going to believe in him. He's like my own son. Like, that, I will never not believe in him. Did you see his, his celebration with Bruno and how yeah. happy he is Bruno's here? Do you yeah. see the way he's on Instagram afterwards going, thank you for the assist? You see what I'm, happens when you start I'm, going out with some trash guy called Andreas and you yeah. finally find someone who can actually play ball. I mean, even today I was on Martial's Instagram. I've never seen him, like, driving his car and, like, show Manchester ever. Like, I've never seen it. And today he's, like, driving around showing, like, oh, I have a Range Rover. This is what I do. And it's like, I've never seen you do this before. He's he, happy. He, he, yeah, I was, I was about to say, he did look really happy yesterday. Yeah, and that's and, and normally, like, you get, like, the stereotypical, he's French, he doesn't show emotion, he's just got that face, like. But yeah. he did look, he looked happy and he was showing emotion. So that's a good thing. Last thing on Martial, do you know who he reminds me of? And I've said this a long time ago. It reminds me of more of a Nelka than Henri. I was and... about to, I was about to say a Nelka. It's just yeah. that French. I don't give a face that yeah. they have. It's just blank. He, he reminds me of a Nelka, like just in style of play and just like in attitude. He just reminds me so much of a Nelka. All right. So, do you guys think Pep is going on a sabbatical? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Pep, Pep's one of those kids. Like, if you ever played ball growing up, and like you, you do all the moves in the world, like you're you're winning, and he's t- he's pissed off. He's gonna take his ball and go home. That's what Pep is. He's 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 tired. He's tired of losing, so he's gonna take his ball and go home. Probably learned Italian and go to Juventus in a year or two. Maybe I've always said um, said Pep Pep at Juventus has always been tempting. As is sort of Pochettino succeeding Pep as well has always been a, a whisper, whisper, whisper. I don't know. They, I heard this counter argument that. City didn't look up for it because they've got not much else to play for. They're mm-hmm. going to be secure and get second place, but also they're not going to be in the Champions League. So they're just kind of just saving themselves for the Champions League. That's why the Bruyne didn't play in this. But I'm like, it's a derby. It's yeah. the derby, man. you got to get hyped for that. They were so yeah. ponderous. So ponderous on Sunday. They had maybe yeah. two or three attempts to try and get that Manchester City goal, the triple tap. But nah, it didn't quite work. Phil Foden was operating on the right of this 4-3-3, which... That's not his best position. I don't know why Pep did that, especially yeah. when he's spoken so long about that he's going to replace David Silva. You wouldn't play David Silva in that position, so why are you putting Phil Foden there? That was weird. KDB not playing. Okay, I, I get there somewhat. Aguero is having this weird run of form. Like he's just ruining my fantasy football team at the moment. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe I think Manchester City want to do a Marseille and win the Champions League and then have that big asterisk on it. It'd be pretty fun if they win the Champions League and just leave the trophy in the stadium. 
It's like a mic drop. I'm trying to think, is there anything else about City that I find interesting? This all like Fernandinho be, I think Fernandinho is going to be a centre back next season. I, I think he's not going to play defensive midfield no more. I think Otamendi's done. They've you... spent so much money on defenders and they still need to spend more. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really shocked. Like, I like Ben Mendy, but Ben Mendy cannot rely on Ben Mendy in the slightest. Hey, hey, he hey, hey. Ben Mendy is. I love Ben Mendy. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Ben Mendy, but, like, he's not reliable. Zinchenko's not a left back, clearly. He plays midfield for Ukraine. And then Kyle Walker and Cancelo. Also, last thing, Rodri. I'm not a big fan of Rodri. Maybe he might need another, like, time to adapt. But he reminds me of, like, a um of a poor man's Michael Carrick. Remember when Carrick used to piss off United fans back in the day? Like, you remember those days? He That's what he plays like. He plays, like, a really, really bad version of Michael Carrick. Sterling had a stinker as well. I can't lie. Yeah, he did. If we want to use like half hope terminology, is he really a footballer in that way, or has no. Pep or has Pep made him functional? No, no, come on, we've been here before. Raheem Sterling, <laughs> Raheem Sterling, Raheem Sterling was it's a, not like Raheem Sterling is going to dribble a good defensive left back. I don't think. Yes, he is. He was a great. He was a great. He was a great player at Liverpool. Let's not let's not get it twisted. In that yeah, SN, that SNS. Sterling and Suarez he, thing was started up like front. Hazard, Neymar, Zaha type of winger. Wait, whoa, like, whoa, whoa. That's egregious. I saw you sneaking Zaha. What's this? That's egregious. Oh, I mean, just like a, a dribbler. Just like Zaha probably has it's, the most dribbles and chances. Like Alan St. Maximin. You should be taking Sterling over Zaha. Listen, I'm going to tell you this one thing about Zaha. Zaha got benched for Max Gretel at... Ivory Coast, and that's all that. That's all you really need to know. He got benched from Gretel in in the in the Afcon. That's all you really need to know about that. I think Raheem's a baller. Like, and I'm not just saying that just to say. Like, I generally think Raheem's such a good player. I just think right now he's in a bad bit of form, and mm-hmm. he just might need to like just take a little break and go back to Kingston for like two weeks and come back refreshed. That's all you need. Just go home, buy some new Clarks, something you know, <laughs> some and selfish, and you'll be alright. That's all he really needs. Just a little, just a little R and R. You guys want to stay in the Premier League or you want to go abroad? I, mean, you, you I want to guys, talk about your team. I want to talk yeah. about your team, man. Four, I mean, drop four on them, man. I have a question for you. What's your relationship with Lampard? Like, I, you guys, I've seen it on the timeline a lot. The Chelsea fans go back and forth, like, your relationship with Lampard. We haven't talked before, so I'll just go ahead and give you the speech. If I knew what Chelsea was when I was 10, I wouldn't have picked this club because there's too much racism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Welcome so, come. <laughs> but it's almost like I was tricked because you know they gave me the hassle banks, and then we go into like the drug buzz and the just black excellence, basically. You know, when you see the things on the parish train and Raheem Sterling being called the black cut and all these types of things, yeah, I'm just kind of stand up. So I can look at someone like Lampard, and I don't have these blue tinted glasses that I must love him because my love for the club isn't like it was when I was a kid. So yeah. to answer your question, I didn't want Lampard hired mostly because I just don't want to see him sacked. And I know in 2022, he's going to lose to West Brom and he's going to be sacked. And that's going to break my heart a little bit. So I was just like, don't give him a season with no transfer window with Giroud. And I, I, I love Mitchie, so I'm not going to put Mitchie in this. But don't give him the season with all the kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but... When it works, I enjoy it. So I, I did enjoy this performance. But when you go against Bayern Munich and you're you're giving me Barkley, Mount, and Giroud, I start to question these things. I want Lampard to succeed, yeah. obviously. But do I trust that this is going to happen or that he's a long-term solution? No. You so, yes. just beat someone 4-0 without your yeah, first, nine choice, defensive, your yeah, first nine defensive midfielder. Your supposed number one striker. This is a great result. Carlo Ancelotti's moving like Joe Biden by playing what? that four for two right now. Don't double play serving four. of ass. They were That's just, a two pack of ass. <laughs> they were just so bad. Billy Gilmore, to his credit, fantastic player. I've heard great things from the academy. There's no mm-hmm. way he should be bopping a Premier League midfield at 18. But when you play two in midfield and you give him the just the freedom of Stanford Bridge to just pass left, pass right. Find, find passes that can break lines, he's going to do well. So it's just like Carlo played into Chelsea's hands by using that 4-4-2 formation. So yeah. I don't know how much credit I can give 
this performance. I enjoyed one a lot. It was four, four goals, mate. That's the worst defeat Carlos had back was at Real Madrid. Last, I can't remember the last time Willian and Pedro scored in the same match. I don't know if that's ever happened before. And I think that's cool as well. The fact that everyone's talking about this new age, youthful Chelsea, but you had a front three of Giroud, Willian and Pedro. <laughs> that has to be an average age of 33. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're 31, 32, 33. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're going to get absolutely slapped up by Bayern, but I think you've secured Champions League football, which I, which I believe is above expectation. I don't think anyone was expecting Chelsea to be in top four, and uh, proper top four, not this fifth place new nebulous era that we're in now. Lampard has slightly overachieved with what he's got. And if you give him the window and you give him a bag of money, which I'm assuming he's going to get, it's going to be right. All right, here we go. This comment here. How bad is Kepa? He's got two clean sheets in a row. That's good. Chelsea have played how many games this season now? I want to say 40 maybe already because the competition's in the Cups. And they've kept nine clean sheets and two of them have come in the last week. That's all right. That ain't bad. Everton had one shot on target, and now uh, all of a sudden, this is like the revival of Kepa, and he's going to be a, our number one for it's the not next a, It's not a revival of Kepa. Kepa's just done the bare minimum of what is expected for a goalkeeper. How, that is nice. I still don't understand. I'm taller than Kepa. I should not. I'm not. You're a big dude. You should be on the court. I don't know why you're not on the court right now. I'm 6'2, I'm so that's standard height. Hey, working but, on your jump shot. No, I. Bro. <laughs> I can shoot. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's 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 the running up and down the floor that gets me. But there's no way I should be taller than Chelsea started. Go like 71 million for this keeper, and people are happy about a clean sheet where there was one shot on target. I'm just like, have have the standards fallen this much? Yeah, bare minimum FC. That's all it is. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. One result shouldn't sink you, and it shouldn't have you over the moon. So I'm just, yes. I, I try to keep a level head. We lose three 0 to Bayern. I want to be at least a little bit logical and not go over the top. We beat Everton 4-0 at home. Let's not go over the hey, top. Hey, United couldn't do it. You guys have found uh, Stardust and Billy Gilmore. I like. I generally feel that kid is sick. Like I was watching, I was just like, man, this kid is 5'5", five, five, but he's absolutely like incredible. Like I, I like Billy Gilmore. They want Jorginho sold now. Look, man, Like at the end of the day, football fans, we're the smartest, dumbest people in the world. That's really <laughs> all we are. Like We're all a bunch of tribalistic, just bunch of smart idiots. Like that's all we are. Like we just gave Matic a one year deal and like the whole United fans are like gnashing their teeth. I'm like, why would you we just signed Chong today on a on a on a two on an eighteen month deal and they're upset. I'm like, you don't let kids that you just signed from Fire at fifteen go on the free. Like that's not smart business number one. Number two is just like even if he doesn't do well in the next twelve months, you can still sell him. Like yep. I don't understand. Like the football fans are very dumb. That's why I don't really listen whenever they say stuff like, oh, get rid of Jorginho. For what reason? Like, why would you? Whatever, man. Like, we're going to play an 18-year-old. Like, someone the other day said, yeah, we're going to sell Matic. We're going to play Garner. I'm like, Jimmy Garner's played, Jimmy Garner's played like 30 minutes of a Premier League game, if that. It's just like to stop. You know, football it's, fans it's, are not it's, just, it's just like, if you want Chelsea to book, to be something like the club that they once were, you have mm-hmm. to have the likes of a Michael Ballack and Anelka even checked that one season that Chelsea won the league in 2014-15. He was he didn't like being on the bench, but he did it. You might have a Deco on the bench or a Crespo on the bench, like world class yeah. players who are willing to sacrifice starts and minutes here or there because they understand that maybe there's a bigger picture at hand. Maybe we might win a Champions League. Maybe we might win a Premier League. You you have to have quality on the bench. You have to have squad depth. Yeah. So so to be like yo. We have an 18-year-old that we've seen play that we've seen start two games. We don't know if he can play 40 games in a season consistently back to back. We don't he looks frail. Obviously, he's 18. He doesn't have his man body, as Lavar might say. But the boss is some strange things. Lavar, <laughs> <laughs> man. What a game. Did he ever say when Caucasians would get their man body? Because maybe I, then we could use this in the Billy Gilmore analysis. Depends what part of Europe they're from. If they're from you, if they're from Eastern Europe, they already got the man body already. <laughs> but it, it's it's just the idea that like we we don't know how Billy Gilmore is going to cope with the rigors of a full season. So so to For say sure. let's sell Jorginho to so we can start a teenager, it's just cutting off your nose to spite your face in some ways. So yeah, again, you're right. Football fans are idiots. I include myself in that in most yeah. times, but let's just be objective here. Anything else in the Premier League that's worth discussing, Carl? Do you want to talk about the relegation battle? Because I think that's no, but you always want. So, <laughs> well, fuck me, then, isn't it? 
I want to say it's a relegation battle. It's going to warm my beautiful soul if David Moyes gets West Ham relegated. I'm never going to get him forgiven for 2013 ever. I literally remember 2013, 23-year-old me was sitting on my couch watching Champions against, against I, I think it was Olympiacos. I fell asleep on the couch. I will never forgive him for making me fall asleep watching that again. And I just, I just don't want him to like get from. I want him to get relegated. It's, I it's saw bad. him two weeks ago. He was very smug. He was very yeah. proud of himself. He really enjoyed beating Southampton. Yeah. And I made the mistake of I used the word, I used the term joie de vivre, and he was mm-hmm. just like, "What's that?" And I was like, "Oh no, why have I said this?" <laughs> and I had to explain joie de vivre. Maybe he yeah. misheard me, but I just, yeah. yeah. I think West Ham have just enough. Mikel yeah. Antonio and Sebastian Haller is a good front two, mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that. Mikel Antonio runs as if he can't control his body. He reminds me so much of Victor Moses. It's not even funny. Like, I know I joked about it. I said that, like, but he, like, him and Victor Moses literally is just, like, one's from Nigeria, one's from Jamaica, and they're just the same human being. That, that's what they are. Mikel Antonio, I've oh. seen him twice now play mm-hmm. this season, and he's been pinged on three different instances for handball. Mm-hmm. For, because of the way he dribbles. So when he's running at full pace, he can't quite get the ball under yeah. control. So the ball's bouncing up and down and he just like hits his fist as he's running like this with a yeah. mesh up. Yeah. Like, what? what are you doing? But yeah. at the same time, he, he can really bully centre-backs and full-backs. Oh, so. he's, he's, a, he's a strong, strong dude. He's a strong dude. But yeah, I just feel like the team's going to get relegated like Norwich, Villa, and Brighton's yeah. schedule is bad. I just tweeted it. They play against Arsenal, Leicester, United, Norwich, Liverpool, and City. Like, that's Ugh. just... And then Villa has Chelsea, Newcastle, Wolves, Liverpool, United. It's just like, that's it. Like, you guys are just kind of done now at this point. It's just like, that's that. It's, it's scary hours for some of these teams. Can we talk about some good teams now? Thank yeah. you. Yeah, go for it. Juventus played Inter Milan in an empty stadium. Did you watch the match, Carl? Uh, I watched it in between watching uh, Clippers-Lakers. I miss Clippers. I, I I was watching Juve Inter. I didn't even think to watch the basketball game. But I got dual screens, so you know football is always on on both these screens. So you know, <laughs> I caught highlights, and I was like, you know, Max and Stephen A are gonna talk it to death anyway. So I'll just get the lowdown tomorrow. But yeah, it was very weird watching a game in an empty state. It was an interesting experience. I could say that. I was thinking if I knew Italian. And I knew what they were talking about, like yelling on, on the pitch. I was like, oh, so this might be an interesting experience. Um, not to like segue too far, but like I just saw John Cross tweeted that basically most of the games in England now might be played behind closed doors. Um, Wolves Olympiacos is going to be play, uh, played behind closed doors. Do you think that's more, we don't want these Greek people coming here with their diseases, so let's just keep everything behind closed doors? And if it was Wolves against... I don't know. United, they let fans. No, no, no I, don't. No. I think there's I mean, there's way too much money to be lost, regardless yeah. of people coming. Out. I think what's going on is this is a really serious health crisis. We're in, yeah, right. And I'm really standing here. I'm going to pre- I'm going to press conferences. I'm going to football stadiums right now. And if I'm shaking someone's hand, people go, "Oh, you're shaking hands. That's you're still doing that." Which you can ha ha ha, but. You got bearing what there were 30,000 people at Southampton football ground on Saturday, fans, and then you had on top people working behind the scenes as staff. Um, you added all the players and coronavirus. Look, I'm 28 years of age, I go to the gym three times a week, I'm in a pretty good physical health. If I get coronavirus, I'm gonna be in a bad way, but hopefully, I shouldn't die. Now, if I go visit one of my friends who has type 1 diabetes and they catch coronavirus, then we got a problem. And that's how, that's the danger of it, right? And uh, if we're at a point in time where governments and health organisations are saying, maybe we shouldn't be doing all these big tournaments, maybe we shouldn't have these large congregations of people, one of the largest congregations of people of people from like cross-generational and mixed uh, walks of life is football. So... Yeah, I think we we could be seeing quite a few games played behind closed doors in the future. It, before we got, we just went live. It's been announced Serie A is going to be suspended because mm-hmm. coronavirus is big in Italy. I said yeah. that as if it's like a trend. The whole country shut down. Whole country shut down. It wasn't just a region, or like they've gone ahead and shut down the whole thing. The whole, whole country shut down. The whole country extended. shut down. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm sat here as a football journalist now, going, "What's happening to the Euros?" 
the first game was supposed to be played in Rome, which is like kind of like yikes. Now it's just like, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just a like. I mean, obviously, like that. You know, we love Banton. Like you could easily make Banton joke. I mean, someone the other day just tweeted that you know Aaron Ramsey scored yesterday, and now he just killed the whole Syria, which is not oh. funny, but it is funny. <laughs> like it's not supposed to be funny, but it's just like he's like. It's like you're not wrong, but like you were not forced to laugh at that sort of stuff, you know? It's funny. You know? It's, funny. it's messed up because it's like that's just how human nature is. In the darkest of times, we make jokes like the most inappropriate like things that we shouldn't be laughing at. But I mean, it's just a serious situation because it's just like what happens when a player like if a player gets it? Because you know, football players look like they're disgusting. Like we spit on the ground sometimes. You know, you're shaking hands and just- okay. I understand the banning of handshakes for like political purposes. So like if you're a government and you can make footballers not shake hands just to show the public, we don't want people shaking hands right now. Okay. I kind of get that, but just the football, they're, they're going to be grappling with each other, tackling each other, climbing on each other, touching their jerseys and all that kind of stuff. So like there's cross contamination that's going to happen. But if you want like no handshakes for the optics, fine. But Carl, like does the idea of an empty stadium as somebody who goes to stadiums every week now, does that make you feel safe or or safer or would you not go at all? I mean, I've watched football in an empty stadium a couple of times this season already. I watched on the 23 games. Unfortunately, when I phrase this very delicately, I've watched women's football in larger stadiums that are harder to fill. So it's noticeable. Um, I, I do have the She Believes <clears throat> Cup written down here. If you guys have watched any of I haven't that, watched any maybe... of those games yet, but it is a big deal. So, yeah, I've, I've seen – my friend once said it's really interesting when you watch a game behind closed doors because you realise how much is said on the pitch. You realise mm. how much centre-backs are yelling at each other, how much managers are yelling at each other because you can hear all those commands. So that's kind of cool. And also you realise just how much of football is acting and pageantry. So if you watch football behind closed doors – there's no next to no goal celebrations because they're not celebrating for anyone. It's like safe, scored, run back to the corner flag. Um, and you, there's just a lot less play acting and playing up to the referee as well. You may were good. celebrating though. Like they were actually celebrating. Yeah, but it was weird. like they, they, they like ran to the bench. Like would you guys be doing that if there was a whole crowd? Because maybe you might go to the crowd. So I find that interesting. The one interesting thing about empty stadium games that gets me is like, if there was a whole Juventus stadium full of people, does this referee make the same decision? This is it. Absol- this is absolutely absolutely not. Because like you're influenced by the crowd. Right. I used to so fun fact about me, which a lot of people might not know, I used to be a referee. And what? you're a cop. <laughs> I used to be I used to be a federal agent. I used to be a cop. Oh federal. I'm like I'm like uh, Brian in Fast and Furious. I started off as a cop and now I'm illegal, you know? So but no, I mean, like, you know, even when I was as a ref, like, I was refing, like, younger games and things like that. Like, you get influenced. Like, I remember one time, the ego trip took me out. Like, one parent was cursing at me, so I took the ball and said, we're not kicking, we're not playing this game until this parent goes to the car. 15 minutes later, he goes to the car and we kick the game off. So, like, you do get influenced by things like that. So, especially in a, in a, in a, in a packed stadium. But unless you're Mike Dean, who's just like a super psychopath, and he he has his own drum. Like Mike Dean just does his own thing. He doesn't even for Mike Dean, every game's an empty stadium. He doesn't care. I love so, him. Yeah, no, Mike Dean is absolutely one of my favorites. Oh, humble brag, quickly. Two weeks ago, I went to an MLS event and I met um, what's that legendary Premier League ref, Howard Webb. Howard Webb is a Howard Webb is a big, big dude. He's a like, big I'm, dude. I'm I'm six three and I'm looking. I'm like, yo, you're big guy like oh my god like you're a big guy jesus so no, he's he's tall he's or tall just like and he's like hench. he's tall and he's like hench at the same time like he's like both so they fuck with him yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a big guy Yo, that makes it like so is clattenburg big mark clattenburg oh. was tall he, no. yeah yeah it's a referees are big remember urai reni that guy was whammo so, so martin atkinson could be like six four i've never yeah. i've never yeah. <laughs> about yeah. this before but okay being yeah. a ref is hard mike dean has short man complex like if he, he's got to be like five foot eight five foot mike seven dean is, mike dean's like six one six two mike dean's he's just he's like again like i said mike dean is a prick just because he's mike <laughs> dean. like he doesn't care he's just him like that like he's and a that's good what, referee that's, and that's I re- real yeah. Could you and imagine I'm, being like the actual Mike Dean, like Kanye, Mike Dean, Houston, Scarface, Mike Dean, type in your name in Twitter just for whatnot, and you just see Mike Dean. 
what did I, like what did I do? Like what did I do? You know, nah. Like there's 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 a girl who has at Chelsea. Yeah, I oh, can't cool girl. I, I can't cool imagine girl. the type of slander she gets. Like her yeah. bio just says, "I am not a football club." So <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. um, Inter had an advantage technically. They went to Juventus. There was nobody there. In theory, I guess would be a better way to put it. They had an advantage, but they mm-hmm. really didn't show up. And it got me thinking, maybe, I don't know, being against a whole crowd of people might have helped them in some way. Just like, just like us against the world, the world is Juventus Stadium. Maybe that would have helped them get up for the game. But especially the second half, it, there was they did nothing. Um, yeah. it, it was eerily similar to Chelsea against Man- Manchester City, where yeah. Conte was just basically like, let's not lose this game. And he was just, it was disgraceful. Yeah. Um, it, this wasn't to that level, but it gave me those kind of vibes. Like, you guys do realize if you don't win this game, you're mm-hmm. behind Juventus by, I think, eight or nine points. And that kind of just leaves Lazio to chase. Yeah. Um, who knows what's going to happen with the remainder of the season now that the yeah. news has come through. But, yeah, Inter were really bad. Ashley yeah. Young, I don't want to make fun just because you two are United fans. But oh, I'm no, gonna no, make no, fun. no, you make fun. Make fun. He was pretty cheeks. Like, <laughs> I mean, again, we know we lived this. It ain't like there's nothing you can tell us. We lived this experience. I, I mean, I wanted to tell you guys like two weeks ago. Back. Like he's Conte not, went defender. around and just collected the trash from <laughs> the Premier League. He was like, oh, yeah. so so Victor Moses is available. Okay. Uh, Young's available. I want Giroud. Giroud's actually playing not bad. But he's like, okay, I want him. Apparently, they're complaining about Christian Eriksen in, in Serie A. And, like, I know United fans want him. I was just like, look, man, like, he's not even doing bits at Tottenham. I don't want him at all, and I'm glad we didn't get him. Yeah. Um, Ashley, what Dybala did to Ashley Young, I mean, if you guys <laughs> like, if you guys go on YouTube, whatever, find it, that literally is, like, the definition of elder abuse. Like, that was just, like straight up just go into an old person's home and punch him in the face. Like, that was just straight up just disrespectful. He did it to him twice. It was like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's just... What's worse, that or a bird pooping in your mouth? I think a bird pooping in your mouth and then lying about it for years. <laughs> he's doubled down so many times with that, like, yo, it hasn't, it didn't happen. I was like, we saw it live. It's on YouTube. It's, like, slowed down. There's gifts of it now. Like, there's different angles. Like, you can't lie about it. Like, it literally, like, the bird came and, like, shat in your mouth. Like, and it's just worse because it's like, yo, I'm denying it. It was like, you're lying to us now. Like, we've seen it. Stop. I am shocked that people are shocked. A team with Aaron Ramsey and Cristiano Ronaldo be a team with Ashley Young and Victor Moses in it. (laughs) Why are people in there going, wait, how did this happen? Scams, you said before Conte was trying to buy um, English fitness to finish yeah. the, end, the end of the season and do that. And he was on that Mourinho win everything now tip and f- everything happens after. That Inter squad is weird and it's going to get worse very, very yeah. quickly. I want to quickly touch on Lukaku before we move on. I think personally Lukaku's mentality is great. I yep. like him as, as, a, as a person. But I just feel like as a football player, Lukaku has the ego of Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, my favorite player. But the ability of, like, just not Ronaldo. Like, and he thinks he's so much better than what he is. And, and, and I feel like, again, all football players have to have this ego, right? Like, you're literally the top 1% of something in the world. Like, you know how many people play football? And, like, to even make it to just, like, into Milan is crazy in itself, let alone start. So I do think that, you know, he, he does have a good mentality. He does have good – but, like, it's something that frustrated me when he was a United was that he doesn't score enough in the big games. He doesn't, like, show himself out. And it's been and Paulo De Cano called him out today for it. Like, like, yo, like you're not really playing as well in the big games. So I was just like, I'm not shocked because I saw this at United, which is why I was so happy when he got let go. And you can see it, like Daniel James scored in one big game. Scott Bertomini scored two. And like for me, that's the most frustrating part of Lukaku's game is that when he's playing against big teams, it's like, you know, people will now at me in a time like, oh, he's scoring. It's like, yeah, but he's scoring against Spa. Like they're like 17th in the league. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Like, I really don't care. Like, when he scores against, like, when he scores against Juventus, then let me know. Spall is just I, a horrible name for a football club. And it's all caps, too. Four letters, all caps. Like, <laughs> that's that's on a level of, like, Granada, Ibar. 
those closer to oh, so so they got beat seven. No, okay. Yeah. I think Lukaku's irrational confidence comes from the fact that like didn't his mom have to bring his passport when he was like twelve years old yeah. to the game to prove that he, like and he was bullying the the yeah. the children of Belgium like scoring nine ten goals in a game like who if wouldn't think they're Lukaku's they upbringing right Lukaku's upbringing you know his dad by the time Lukaku's born his dad was a professional footballer but his dad had pretty much spent all the money Lukaku's sharing his dad's old pair of football boots. And he's wearing that to training as people in Belgium are calling him a crispy, crunchy, whatever. And a, a black man can't be Belgium. There's the story of when he came home from school once. So, you know, very French, very Belgian, you know, French or Franco pastime as you come back. Pastime? Hobbies, you come back from school and you get bread and milk. That's what you do after school. You eat that. And he tells the story about how he came back from school once. And, and mom was like, just, just sit there. Don't worry about it. And then... She goes in the kitchen and she looks and, and he sees his mom is mixing milk with water because they didn't have enough. And he's like, oh, we're poor. Oh, it's like that. And I, all that, he didn't watch Champions League games until it was about 15, 16 when he was at Anderlecht recruit because he just couldn't afford their version of Sky. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't have a TV. Like, that, that, it's no wonder that kid, Lukaku, now has the like this bizarre, unearned confidence because you bear in mind, if he didn't have that confidence, if he didn't have that competition, competitive drive, if he didn't have he that, won't be a- I need to be the best in this room to absolutely destroy everyone. He wouldn't be a pro. He had to, he's like, he had to give himself the Mamba mentality to get to there in the first place. That's why he's like that. That attitude absolutely annoyed Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, though. That, and this is one thing when everybody would say, "Why well, did Ole get rid of him?" I say, if there's any, if there's anything that I trust Ole Gunnar Solskjaer about, is like what is how to be a striker because that's what he did. I just feel I'm happy for him. He's in the good. He's in the country where he's going to thrive and do well. He's not my problem anymore. That's Inter Milan's problem. So, um, what was the point of beating Barcelona if you were just gonna <laughs> lose to Betis the next week? Listen, man, I said it on our show, and I'll say it on the timeline. I'll say it again. Madrid and Barcelona are down bad right now. Like the quality in both those teams are just really, really. It's really bad. Like, no offense to Martin Braithwaite, but like he's not a player that like you would talk about. Like, <laughs> And Braithwaite, for me, Braithwaite going outside. I'm and sorry, briefly. And it's not That's just me. like, and like, and it's also you can't like, say no offense to Martin briefly, dog. Like it's just offense as soon as you say the name. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong, man. That guy was doing decent numbers at Leganes yeah. and was yeah. merrily going about his business, keeping that, trying to keep that team away from relegation. And then Barca decided to break all of the rules. I'm sorry, all, yeah. all of the rules to go nab him so he can what sit on the bench. Again, like, I just have to keep saying no offense because, like, I don't want to offend these players. Because, again, like, I have a younger brother who's a professional football player, so I understand how it is when, you know, we're over here giving our opinions and stuff. But at the same time, like, I see a player like Vinicius Jr. That's not a talent that, like, back in the day that you'd be excited about. Like, you have these these teams that I got at these, at these weird, like, levels of just almost like it was a Barcelona run is almost over and they got to refresh, but they keep just spending money stupidly. It's like... They spent almost 100 million like, euros on Griezmann, Coutinho, and Dembele. They, you don't have any returns. Like Both those teams are like, just doing really bad right now. Like Madrid's trying to phase out that whole Benzema generation of just like Benz and Ramos and that, that whole generation. But they're also like, trying to come for the younger players as well. So it's like a weird transition phase they're in right now. It's just weird, man. Like, well, see, so... the, the, the interesting thing I think about Madrid is you see they're, they go and they buy Rodrigo, they buy Vinicius. They're like, never again are we going to miss out on well, the next Neymar. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like the, the next Neymar is ours. Like, there's no way we're going to let that happen again. So Vinicius gets bought. Rodrigo gets bought. I think there's another one that they just bought who's like 16, 17. They're on some never again. Yeah, it's just you can't have a front three of Vinicius, Benzema, and Vasquez. Like, Benzema's whole thing is, okay, let's bring in these wingers so they can score. Vasquez and Vinicius, like Vinicius, like okay, he scored a deflected goal in the classical, but like he's not a goal scorer <laughs> like that. Yeah, I'm so excited for Benzema post retirement. The drip videos. I'm so excited for like MLS Benzema actually, like into Miami Benzema is what I'm so excited for. <laughs> like gonna be in little Haiti just wilding every day, just like down in Broward County, just doing nonsense. I'm so excited for Benzema post like, but. Such a weird transition for Real Madrid. The whole what's it called sucks, man. Like the El Clasico, like it's it's not as fun anymore. Like I was oh, watching. Sad. Like, it's yeah. not the same thing without Cristiano and Messi. Football just, in general is going to get yeah. really weird when those two players retire, and then we'll go back to a state where it's not just two near godlike athletes. 
Well, yeah. one one near godlike athlete and one slightly less godlike athlete. We were spoiled. Um, yeah, but we just, were really just, spoiled. Just playing, you have like one of the greatest goal scorers of all time against one of the greatest footballers of all time. I think I actually have adopted Half Hope's philosophy, but that's another story for another day. That's it's, dangerous. It's, it's, happens, man. it's, it's almost like. Happens. Especially when you have like this this era of player fans and things like that, like the dynamic that that brings, it's almost like what's going to happen to the NBA when LeBron goes? That's going to NBA is going to be in good hands. Yeah, it's NBA not, it's like so. Like men are really like on this. Giannis is my guy. Yeah, <laughs> your face. Just, the league will survive. Yeah, I mean, it's just like football will survive. You know, like, but I just I don't know, man. Like, I'm just looking at the next generation. Like, I like Killian, but like Killian doesn't do it for me like that. I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But the thing is, the thing—it's very similar, right, to basketball. So they had Jordan, and then everyone we're going to make another Jordan, and you realize you can't make another Jordan. Kobe can try his best, but it wasn't that way. And then you you just moved into it. There won't be another Cristiano Ronaldo. There won't be another Messi. What there is going to be after those two retirees, you're going to get Sancho season, Mbappe season, Haaland season. It's going to be fun because it's going to be six or seven young star boys and. They're not all going to be at one team. I don't think any of those players particularly want to play for Real Madrid or Barcelona either. So it could yeah. be this fun, I want to say balance, but there could be a fun swing where rather than having just two or three, you know, the the Barca, Real Madrid, Bayern circus that went around over and over, there could be four or five teams that have star boys on them. Predicting the future football is really, really hard because I don't know what's going to happen with Brexit, with a Super League, with... VAR with this Winter World Cup that's coming up soon. Who the hell knows? Um, so I'm not going to predict anything, but I do think it's going to be... Oh, there's going to be a lot more players to talk about. I do feel like an old man, though, man. Every time I talk about football, I'm like, man, back in my day, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, like, Jesus, I'm only 30. Like, why are you talking like this? I had a really bad one recently. Three weeks ago, I was at Southampton Crystal Palace, and they, they got this new kid, Wolf Smallbone, signed midfielder. Neat, tidy. Um, and uh, it sort of said he grew up watching Iniesta videos. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, okay, fine. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the mix zone. I've got my tape recorder in front of him. Like, oh, so you're latest from Southampton Academy. Like, what, what Southampton plays is you grew up idolizing. And he goes, for me, the one I really looked up to when I was growing up was Luke Shaw. And you were just like, what? <laughs> He's like, what? Wait, what? How can you, how young do you have to, and like, oh, you're 19, which means you're born in 2001. You never saw OG Ronaldo. You don't remember not seeing even, OG Ronaldo. Not, not even that. You've not even seen Matt Letizia play. Alan Shearer is just the match of the day to you, isn't he? Like David Beckham is just a model to you. You guys, you guys don't remember that Beckham like has a wand of a of a right foot. So was... I mean, it's, it's it it bothers me because it's just like whenever I see people call Ronaldo fat Ronaldo, I'm just like bro, like you guys don't know that. Like <laughs> you weren't there. Speaking like, of our legends, like yeah. our. Collective legends. Um, if you're gonna get a passport, Ronaldinho, you got to do better than this, bro. Like, <laughs> it's it's like okay, so Ronaldinho is he's perhaps the most famous Brazilian alive that's not named Pele or Ronaldo, right? How does he think the Paraguayan officials are gonna look? Okay, so it's, it's it's his actual name. It's not even like some made up name like Ron Mexico, like what Vic tried to do or whatnot. It's his real name. So okay, so you're Ronaldinho. He's probably got like a Gucci belt or whatever he's got on. I don't know. Is is he locked up right now? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> like what? What has happened to Ronaldinho post his playing career? It's like seems like it's one bad story after another. He's Did supporting he just... the the far right dudes. Do do we have any idea? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you just gotta realize like the, a lot of these guys are just like hood dudes. Yeah. Like, and I feel like a lot of people fail to realize this. So like, it's the same way you look at NBA players. Like, I listened to um, what's it called podcast, Faithfully, um, All the Smoke at Barnes podcast. Damn, that was so good. <laughs> and like, one of the things I talked about times, like, you start to realize that a lot of these players are like straight up the hood dudes who just got blessed and met, found opportunity. Like, some of their just attitude just never leaves them alone. Like, that's just who they are. And Dino is Dino. Like, Dino's just good. He just Dino's just a broke dude. Who made it yep. off of his talent, and now you're just seeing his real character. I mean, it sucks that like that's just what he is, but that's just who Dino is. And so it's the money built- makes you more of what you already are, kind of philosophy. Yeah, yeah. and I, you also got to bear in mind Dino. I think a really important thing, Ronaldinho, is you remember he lost his dad really early on. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost his dad really, really early on, and then his older brother, sort of his older brother, who is his agent, became the sort of de facto father figure in his house. But also, Dino's got this state where his older brother is in charge of his life. This is the football club you go to. These are all your business deals. But also, his older brother desperately needs Dino to keep playing football. Ronaldinho didn't have anyone to tell him what to do properly and then say no and stop since the age of what, 13? Yeah. And you got to bear in mind, he's the hood legend. It, in the, like, Dino, I've seen grown men cry over Ronaldinho. There's that video of when he went down to South London. And yeah, in Beckham. In Beckham, like, and grown yeah. men crying, shaking over Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho doesn't even speak English. Yeah. You don't know who you are. <laughs> he's I mean, hood, like- hood. I feel like the one thing that sums up resilience is when Kaká went, when uh, Rubinho went to, when Rubinho went to AC Milan. And Rubinho was like, do I hang out with Ronaldo or do I hang out with Kaká? What Ronaldo told him was just like, you can go to church or you can come hang out with us in the club. <laughs> and, that, and that's and that's the PZ version. I'm going to keep it right there because I'm not going to like go left to like tell you the real what Ronaldo really said. But yeah, that really sums up resilience right there. Uh, my, my favorite Brazilian football story is a recent interview where um, Figo gets like a, a humanitarian award and uh, they bring classic Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo come up. Classic Ronaldo's like, yeah, yeah, Figo is a great teammate. We did all this at Real Madrid. He's fantastic. Give credit to his family. His wife is a wonderful human being. Who knows? If I had married her, maybe I would have had a better football career. You're like, what? <laughs> you just said that about a man's wife. That's why he's like, if she was my wife, I would have been out in the club all the time. And like, people feel the realize a lot of these guys, like, I mean, it's just even like not to drag away from Dino, but a lot of these guys, like, Carlton, like a lot of these guys, because I, when I was born, like, I saw it too. Like, a lot of these guys are just straight from the hood. And you have to realize that, like, when you get thrust into so much money and you don't have a good team around you, you're going to make dumb decisions. It's like that way in any sport. Like, you make dumb decisions, and Dino's just been living off this high that he's a man, and now he's a grown man. It's just like, you know, he's hit rock bottom. It's like, where do you go from here? Do you get better, or do you just continue to be a jackass? Uh, we got, I think, three things left. Um, do you yeah. guys want to talk about Eric Dyer going into the stands? <laughs> he went full Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy the fact that he, he didn't take the stairs. He was just doing the hurdle jump over all them chairs. Yeah. And I'm watching the video. I'm like, surely by the third row of stairs, you're going. I'm exhausted. I've 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 made a huge mistake. But no, fair, well, I won't say fair play to it. I don't condone what he did, mm-hmm. but I understand. I, I empathize with it. I feel I, you. I feel I, you. I yeah. empathize because I have a younger brother, and I say this: anybody does anything to my younger brother that violates him, hey, listen, man, I'll be in the stands too. So I'm not saying it's right, but I'm not saying it's wrong either. That's what right. I'm going to say on that. Mm. Exactly. Let's do some Champions League. Okay. Just quick scoreline. So Atalanta's up four one on Valencia. Skip that. That that game's okay. dead. <laughs> that game's dead. Um, Atalanta's like finished that one off. I, I say I suppose everyone's gonna be watching Leipzig Tottenham, but Atalanta know, are kind of fun to watch. So they are. Yeah. And I, I yeah. don't know what's dispersed teams. Stevie Steve Bergwijn. Steve Bergwijn's out for the rest of the year apparently. Yep. Mourinho's decided he wants to throw in Dombele under the bus. Along with Eric Dyer and a couple other players, whole Spurs project going out sad, man. It, I I don't like Spurs no more. I thought I really like Spurs. Turn out I just like Pochettino. So what do we think is going to happen there? Just quick. Uh, I mean, they're probably going to play behind closed doors. So that means uh, Werner's going to score a hat trick. It's not loud enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. And apparently, in a closed stadium, we're going to have PSG Dortmund. Dortmund up two one. I want to say it. I'm if PSG, it, no, no, no. If PSG don't get to the quarterfinals, we have issues. Big, big, big issues. Neymar's gonna be like, I'd miss my sister's birthday for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're gonna do it this time. I think, I think PSG will do it. I think so too. I mean, I really feel like at this point, like they, they just have to finally. It's been eight years. We've been like waiting for eight years. I stay picking them to win the Champions League, and they keep letting me down. I'm like, one year I'm gonna be right. Like I pick France for every international tournament since I was a kid. So it's just like the law of averages means I'm gonna be right. The PSG prediction this year, uh, I don't know, man. And then we got Liverpool, Atletico, Liverpool. I guess that's the one Premier League game that I forgot to mention at the top, or that we didn't talk about at the top. They lost a few games in a row, or just a few games here and there. Yeah. Um, they were down 1-0 to Bournemouth and turned mm. it around. 
So I don't know. Do you think that result gets them back going and they can see? My my thing is, as long as Liverpool have the the second leg at Anfield, they're probably gonna go through. But yeah, but also no, because like you remember when they beat Barcelona last year, right? Barcelona right. didn't have that mentality of just like being Let's just defend, right? Yeah. Atletico Madrid, they are bastards. Like, capital B-A-S-T-A. Like, that's, they're just straight up just like, and I get it. Like, Anfield away, Champions League Knights is like a different vibe. Right. But these guys, Atletico Madrid, they are the, they literally are the mirror of their coach. Like, I'm not sure if a lot of people remember Diego Simone as a player, but that guy, Ooh, same player as he was. I remember 98 World Cup. Because I was supposed to go to that World Cup, my dad didn't let me go, so I that that sticks in my head. But I remember Beckham getting that red card because Simone was just an ass, like, and that's what his team is. They will literally get under your skin. They will do anything and everything to hold a one-zero lead. They will do anything to do that. And I feel like Liverpool is going to be a hard ch- hard time for them. Liverpool and also in the first half hour, otherwise it's over. And Allison is also out too. Mm, so big call. See, even if Atletico score and Liverpool have to get three, I think Liverpool can get three. It's Based like if, just it's Anfield, it's a Champions League night. I just have faith that in that atmosphere, in that stadium, in that vibe, they can get you three goals. Man's talking like magic. <laughs> it is, bro. Like what? Is, what? What they did last year against Barcelona—that's magic. <laughs> Lightning doesn't strike twice. It Come does, on, but I don't know. I, they start if, singing, you'll never walk alone, and, you know, just, I don't know, stuff happens. You know, we, we talk with Have Hope about Nigeria all the time. Mm-hmm. So I figured, why don't we get a different perspective, perhaps? Maybe you have the same on Nigeria. So uh, okay. how do you rate Roar? I'm a bit torn, but I also feel like he's done such a great job that it pisses a lot of Nigerian people off. I feel like this generation of Nigerian footballers is very special. Like, I've watched basically damn near every Nigeria game since, like, 94 um they, that generation yeah that generation of nigerian football is like that's special in my heart the kanu akocha luce janidi all those guys are like special in my heart then come to like around 2005 six when kanu retired and like akocha retired from like 05 to like about 2014 that was like the darkest days of nigerian football i mean we're seeing guys are like are just horrible like their first touch is bouncing off them like just horrible like i went to go watch nigeria 2014 walk up against greece and philly um, friendly and this game honestly it pissed me off so much me and my dad looked at each other I said I said these guys aren't getting out the World Cup I said they're not gonna get the group stage but that, that that team was bad but I feel like what Roar has done like he's he's caught up a lot of boys that like you would never see play for Nigeria like he's made them believe in like what Nigeria is he's made them functional and he's given a lot of these boys opportunities I feel like if it wasn't for Roar a lot of these boys would be probably playing in Turkey somewhere like somewhere not serious so now you have Nigerian kids like Osimhen's leading the line for Lille, like playing 90 minutes every week for Lille. Um, Josh Marsha is now at Bordeaux, and that wouldn't have happened without Roar. Uh, what's the cause of that Bordeaux? Um, Samuel Kalu's there. Then you have, um, he just left Stoke. I'm trying to remember his name. Atebo. Atebo left Stoke to go play in Hatafe. Now he's playing Europe, Europa League. You now have uh, Olaino who left to go play in Italy. Now he's starting the Serie A. So now you have these players playing at like high levels, like, we just caught up a kid from um from Cologne, Kings as a boy. He's the right back for Cologne. So now you have guys who are playing like at a high in the top five leagues because of a coach who tells them like, I'm not gonna call you up if you're not playing for a top league. That's mm. as simple as that. And that for me is the standard. Like and I and I and one of the frustrations with Nigerians back home is that like we're not calling up players from the national league. I get it, but at the same time, like I've also seen the B team play. You guys are not good. I'm sorry. Like you guys are not good. Like I remember when I remember when um this guy named Stephen Ode who came two years ago was like the top top league top scorer in Nigerian league when he went to go play against the boys. He realized like I'm not at his level. Like I'm supposed to be the best player in the league, and I'm playing against boys who are like playing in like top five leagues. I'm not on this level yet. So what Royal has done is like the football not might be sexy, but he's made it Nigeria's functional. Right, Nigeria really like gets shit done, and that's really what the whole point is at this point is get over the line. Like international football is all about chemistry, and like he's gotten a team of really, really good players that like play at a high level. Like our backup goalkeeper is now the second keeper for Fortuna Düsseldorf, Bundesliga player. Our right back again is Kingsley. Our center back plays in Championship, which is um he plays for West Brom. Semi Ajayi, he came from Arsenal's academy. So you now have those. That's over experience. Our other center back plays in Serie A. I left that plays in the Bundesliga. Now you got players like Joe Aribo, who plays in Europa League, who could have played for England, 
You got players like Alex Wobie could have played for England. So now you're getting these like dual citizenship kids who are like doing well. Like our, our, our striker now back of striker Sarah Dessis, who now plays in um who plays in Hercules in um in the Dutch league. He now is freaking the top goal scorer in in Eredivisie. So it's like Raw has called up these players. Like if we didn't have Raw, we'd have probably just had a whole bunch of like players who pay under the table. And now you're wondering <laughs> why Nigeria's not doing it. You know, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's that's the long winded version of everything. So basically, he's doing a great job. Why is Onyekuru not serious? Probably because that unspoken rule of on football age, and like you know, he's got enough money now where like he's living life. Like you make enough money, and like, what are you gonna do? You also have to remember a lot of these guys come from the hood, right? Like a lot of these guys are straight from like the village, and like when you make it out of life and you're enjoying, you make a certain amount of money. Why am I gonna come and kill myself? I don't need to make it stress. <laughs> I have my text coming every week. I don't care. Like I'm just I'm just do do was in Monaco. I was like, okay, that's a good move. And then he goes back to Galatasaray. I'm like, you know what 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 your coach thinks about the Turkish league and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, and now the thing is, is Nigeria's competition in these areas because now like Ademola looking fighting to get caught up soon. We have a kid, uh, educate who plays in the Dutch league who's also really good. And not to mention, like now, like Nigeria has. Every wing. I mean, we have another kid that played against United who scored against United. Um, Emmanuel Dennis, like who's who's apparently supposed to go to Dortmund in the summer. So you have these guys who are like, if you're not serious enough, you're never gonna play for the national team. Mm-hmm. And like the competition has gotten to the point where just like this is this is like really disgusting like levels of this competition. Mm-hmm. And I know it's frustrating, especially for you back home. Like you see these like kids from overseas who are like dual citizenship kids who are now taking the spots. It's just like. I'm sorry. Like at the end of the day, I want the best players to play for the national team. Like if you're playing like a top five league and you're playing Champions League or Europa League consistently, that's the sort of talent we need to get. Yeah. Um. So if you had to like earmark like maybe one or two players who you're like really excited to watch, who would they be? Shukweze and Osman. Easy. Easy. Yeah. And uh, like, okay, you guys haven't won an Afcon since thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah, two thousand thirteen. Yep. Are Are you trending in that way? You think? I mean, basically. Here's the, here's the thing. The whole team that lost last year in the semifinals are coming back plus even more talented players. So you have these guys who had that taste of defeat in their mouth, and now they get more experience. I mean, look, if we win AFCON next year, just don't be surprised. That's all I'm really saying. So, yeah. When Nigeria wins AFCON, oh. Yeah, he knows. He knows. We we talk so much trash, and he knows. Great, man. And it, and, and it doesn't even help that, like, we got the best jerseys out of everybody, which I should like flex it right now. Like I do have, you know, I have like Nigeria thoughts. You go on that. You go on right there. Yep, there it, it is. It says it says the kit. Nope. I was like, the kits this year are better than the ones that they had and that everybody more. was freaking over about. Like we got more. Hold on, I got one more. Nike's actually doing y'all like a, a, a justice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's kind of funny because like all the kits Nike that like got leaked don't look good. Like the some of them, like the Dutch, like a lot of those, and it's like Nigerian career got the best kits, and it's just like, what are Nike doing? Like, I think they understand Nigerians on Twitter will plug the shit out of anything that looks dope. So yeah. let's just let's just give them one, and it'll blow up all yeah. over. Like, you saw white people wearing them like in twenty eighteen, like <laughs> yeah, that was like, so funny. Buy they yours. Were, they buy were paying hundred pound, hundred pound plus, <laughs> Clive. Honestly, I can't I can't even believe I got that lucky to get all the kits and then I got a tracksuit too because that was like because I remember like I used to play ball back in the day, so like I know all like the the sites that sold soccer jerseys in America. So I just went on them and bought them and then like all of a sudden it was sold out of Nike. And I was just like, You guys aren't that smart. Just go to like the soccer stores like, online. All right, yeah. so we, we got a few questions and then we'll get out of here. So some of these are for hope. It's like when is Wan Basaka getting reviewed for tier one status? That's from Men Menu Toronto. Half Hope will have to answer that in his own time. Has Frank changed Half Hope's mind and has he learned something as a manager? I mean, I would say he showed me something. Is Pep the only manager in the world that gets stick from people like Half Hope, even when individuals on the pitch are to blame? No. If Hazard flops his Real Madrid career, is it a bad look for the Premier League given he was considered to be the best from no, aging? No, Hazard, Hazard done, has done everything he wanted to yeah. be in England and now he's coming to Spain and his body's gone, nope. It's not, it's not Hazard's a bad player in La Liga's a harder league. It's Hazard's a lot older 
and he played very intense football in England, he also yeah. got the bejeebus kicked out of him. Uh, yeah. You look at any game, any Chelsea game at the end, Hazard will walk off, his ankles are black and blue. The guy's got a lot of miles on the clock and maybe he's come to Spain and he's just his body's just been like, oh, slower pace. And he's not a professional professional in that way. Let's be serious. Yeah. Look, I'll I'll he's not I can't tell you I can't I'm not gonna put this the man was talking about like you know what's your cheeseburgers and all that kind of stuff like come on man he likes his junk food he likes his beer and from what I understand I don't begrudge anybody liking cheeseburgers I'm just saying just don't be surprised when the guy has bad ankles and knees and all that kind of stuff once you add on all the things that you said as well let's leave Ed in the stallion alone okay (laughs) (laughs) not his Uh, fault in an average week how many podcasts do you do in an average week, yeah, I do at least one now because I do Talk of the Devils, which is the Manchester United podcast. So let me think about this. I can do so Monday. I'll do Talking Tactics. Tuesday, I can do Talk of the Devils. Maybe on the Sunday, I'll do Totally Football Show. So I'll maybe do like three. I try and do no more than three in one week. Last Tuesday, I did a video game podcast. Last Friday, I did a mental health podcast. Today, I'm doing Talking Tactics, and tomorrow, I'm doing Talk of the Devils. So that's four mm-hmm. since last Tuesday. I hate phone calls, but I love the sound of my own voice. One thing I would like to say quickly is, like, I do love the fact of, like, the rise of, like, a lot of independent media with football. Like, there's a lot of, like, mm. great individual podcasts and, like, shows that come out. Um, obviously, I was born in London. I moved here, so I still have an eye on, like, what people are doing back home in London. But, like, in America, like, I still don't see it in a sense. Like, I do see, like, here and there, there are some people that are doing stuff and, like, individuals doing their own thing. But... It's not as concentrated in England. Like in England, like everyone has their own thing, and that's beautiful. Like I generally like to see it because I like the way the media is changing. Because now people have different perspectives and and like different things like that. Because we all grew up differently, and we all watch football differently. So everyone has their own different way of like expressing themselves. So it's nice to see that. One of the things that also like I was watching um Poe and Vuj because I feel like those guys like really opened up a lane for a lot of people. And like just to see them in the middle of the streets doing stuff is just like yo, like, you guys literally in the middle of like the roads like recording episodes this is really cool so this has been the talking tactics podcast we do this every tuesday remember to follow us on twitter instagram facebook soundcloud all at talking tactics scams tell the people where to find you on twitter uh my twitter is nigerian scams with three s's um probably said something about me being reckless or something in my bio so that's me um our, my youtube is called the shirtless plantain show yes like literally like shirtless plantain show that's our youtube and our Twitter is The Plantain Show, so that's what we do. All of Scams' links will be in the description. Make sure to go follow him. Check out his YouTube channel. As I said in the beginning, it's, it's, it's really dope. Carl, where can people get you? You can find me, Anchorman616, on Twitter. Um, I'm on The Athletic, doing athletic things. Um, you can get 40% off now with the promo code UNITEDPOD. Talking Texas podcast, sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.